Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I want to welcome you to the Game Changers podcast hosted by Michelle Dutrow. I personally cannot speak more highly of the value of mentorship, and this podcast will bring you some of the best. If you want some inspiration back with strategy of how to make your vision a reality, stay tuned and prepare to ignite. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Game Changer podcast. I am super excited this week to have with us Mr. William Rodriguez, who is a incredible human being, a war veteran, and somebody that I am honored to call one of my very dearest friends. This particular week's show is really important to me. It's on mindset, and it's something that William and I spend a great deal of time talking about, which is limiting to beliefs why we have them, where they come from, how they hold us back, or how we allow them to or use them as a crutch in order to kind of keep us back and make us play small, if you will. That being said, a little bit of background about William. He served three tours in Iraq. He was with both the 2nd Armored Cavalry Regiment and the 1st Airborne Division. He came back a bit battled, in fact, with a traumatic brain injury and thus has devoted his life's work now to helping others with this, not only understanding it, but helping people to move past it and to wind up even having a better life than before they went in, even with the, say, post-traumatic stress, like I said, brain injury, addictions, limiting beliefs, survivor guilt, all kinds of things that unfortunately folks uh, that served in the military come back with. It really has been his life's mission now to help those folks, like I said, to live even a fuller, richer life in spite of all of that. Since he left the military, which was about eight years ago, he has received his bachelor's in psychology and his master's as well, and now is pursuing his PhD. So he is absolutely a testament to somebody who not only has moved on, but has become an incredible human being. And like I said, is pursuing a line of work that will absolutely be a game changer in the world of post-traumatic stress and will help thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people moving forward. He also was featured in a documentary that is due to be out at the end of 2015 called Thank You for Your Service. It's an amazing documentary. I had the honor of being able to watch it about a month ago. And it's moving and it's incredible and it's eye-opening for those of us that wonder what we are doing and if we're doing enough. I can't more highly encourage you to watch this documentary and get involved in any way, shape, or form to help out. There's a lot of help that's needed. There's a lot of support that you can give in many different areas, and this documentary will definitely inspire you to do so. On top of that, William's latest venture is he is getting ready to launch his own podcast called the Seven Virtues Podcast. So that should be coming up here shortly. I can assure you the second that it launches, I will let you know via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other uh, means I know how because I, I could not be more fired up for him for that. He currently lives in Santa Barbara with his daughter and gorgeous girlfriend. Outside of that, William, is there anything that I left out about your background or what you have going on in life right now? 
No, no. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. However, just because if the, the listeners hear it and there's some fellow Rakasans in the audience, you said first airborne and 101st airborne division <laughs> yeah. in order to be correct. Uh, just to, just yes. to have that. Yes, we do want to be accurate. And it's right here in writing, 101st. So yes, right. thank you, William, for keeping me sharp. That's it. That's which it. So he does. Thank you so much for, thanks you so much for having me on. I, I appreciate being here. Yeah, no, absolutely. So like I said, the topic of this show that William and I talk about a lot, which is limiting beliefs, is something that we both have an incredible interest in and how we can help people get past them and, and move past their story, if you will. So before we get into that, speaking of stories, curiosity, William, from where you were, let's just go back as far as the military to where you are now and where you're headed. Were you clear as to what you wanted to do and the direction that you thought your life was going to take? Or did it kind of take some twists and turns in order for you to wind up where you are now? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Thank you. You know, like many young veterans coming out of the military, I had back-to-back deployments and I was in was in kind of a bad way and I was I was extremely lost. I had I had no idea what I wanted to do when I got out. All I knew is that I needed to stay on a correct trajectory, something to keep me busy, some avenue in which to follow without trying to pinpoint the destination. And I, I went at beginning college, it was difficult. I had never finished high school. I, I only had a GED. You know, that was a limiting belief right there that that somehow I couldn't do it. But through my experience in the military, it taught me so much about perseverance and overcoming obstacles and these sorts of things. And as you know, I'm dyslexic and that was another. So there was plenty of excuses of why not to even follow an academic route in addition to not knowing what I was going to do. You know, when you're in the military, you're stripped of your own personal identity and brought up as part of a group. And then when you get out, you lose that group identity. And now what are you? And mission identity and purpose are, are things that are critical to young men and women that are, that are separating from military service, especially after war. And it's something that is unfortunately a very common thing to not know what to do next. And so I just kept going to school and I would, I would change degrees and change interests and these sorts of things. But I just stayed focused on, on what, what I felt was the right path for betterment and understanding. And then, you know, the universe kind of aligned. And, and as I was finishing up with my, my bachelor's degree, USC was starting a military specific social work program that was focused on post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injury. And those were areas that I was battling with in my own life. And so it, it just, every, everything seemed to align and, and I was accepted as part of one of their very first classes and just a wonderful opportunity. And, you know, William, you bring up a, a great point that uh, before we move on that I want to stop on because it's, it's a valid one. And I think there's a lot of people listening who maybe were never in a war or never in the military for that matter, but can relate to something very specific that you said. And that is this sense that when something ends in our life that we know that we're good at, that's familiar and it ends, our identity can end with it. Be that a career be that a marriage. You know, I think this is why statistically they say that after retirement, the you know average person dies after three years. It's kind of, they've lost their purpose. They've lost their reason for being. And so I think all of these things that if someone's listening right now, and like I said, you know,
know, maybe they've been married for 20 years and they get divorced and kids leave the home and now they're sitting here going, gosh, I was always a wife and a mom or I was a husband and a dad and now those labels are gone. Now who am I? And I think that's probably a very common struggle, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You know, this... The concepts that, that I speak about in terms of, of veteran and separation and these sorts of things are, are very broad in their, in their reach and, and understanding and, and affect, affect us as human beings that so much of our identity is, like you said, surrounded by what we do or these labels that we carry. And I, I think part of it is our, how we're conditioned, you know, so what do you do? You know, these sorts of questions. Right. And so when you don't have that anymore, you almost feel naked. And to not have that answer is a very vulnerable thing. It's a very vulnerable place. And I think it really affects people's mental health, as you say, you know, and once our mental health starts to deteriorate, then our, our physical health follows. And so it's, it's very important to establish, you know, mission, identity, purpose, being, these sorts of concepts. Like I said, easy, easy in theoretical terms, but a little bit more difficult in concrete real life direction. Right, exactly. And so this kind of brings us to a perfect place for the next thing that I want to chat with you about. And it's exactly that. So you found yourself there kind of flipping around between degrees or interests or not really knowing, but knowing that you had to stay on some kind of a positive trajectory at least. And at least you did have that. I would imagine during that time, in order to stay a positive course, even if you didn't know exactly navigationally where that was, you you certainly know that it's between positive and negative. In order for you to do that and maintain that positive mindset, if you will, I'm curious as to what you held to be the most important mindset of everything that you were kind of hanging on to. What was the the one thing that that you valued most to say, I know I have to stay grounded in this in order to get to where I would like to go, which is someplace positive and bigger than me right now in this moment? What was that? Yeah, that's a great question. For, for me, and every, I think everybody has their own, their own rocket fuel, if you will, for, for forward trajectory. Mine happened to be gratitude, to really step back and appreciate all of the many blessings that I have in my life, even with a lot of trauma and these sorts of things, but to look at what's right instead of what's wrong not in a hallmark greeting card sort of fashion, but in a, in a realistic way and to, to make a, a commitment to focus on gratitude on a daily basis and to use that to help ground, especially when, I mean, everybody goes through periods where they're, they're not feeling so good or they're feeling anxious or depressed or any of these sorts of things. And I think by having a gratitude practice or gratitude meditation, if you will, it really helps to, to quiet uh, an anxious mind, if you. Yeah. So was there something that happened? Was there an event or a time that comes to mind where maybe this wasn't always your daily practice? Maybe this wasn't the most important thing to you. Something that happened where you said, you know what, this, this has to become not only part of my daily practice, but has to become me. Did something happen? Yeah. You know, it was one of those issues to I was finishing up grad school and I was having a lot of recurring nightmares and a lot of different things going on. And it just felt like 
it just felt like my world was falling apart. I was in the middle of a divorce. I didn't know where I stood. I was in a place where I didn't really know anybody. And the thing I held most dear was my license to practice therapy. And that got taken away through a computer error of all things. And so initially I was devastated. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. And my identity had been attached to that. So I had left the military, went to school, and then attached my identity to this new therapy career that I was following. And the idea that I wasn't going to be allowed to do it after so many years of, of struggle and study and these sorts of things was absolutely devastating for me. But instead of sitting around and feeling sorry for myself, I used this time to work in any way that I could and still establish my skill set. And I, I linked up with a, a wonderful guy named John Henry Parker uh, with a group called Purple Star Veterans and Families. And they really took me in and really helped show me that you don't need permission. You don't need permission from another body to do what you're called to do in this world. And they took me around and, and I did public speaking regarding veterans advocacy, veteran suicide. At that time, the veteran suicide rate was 18 a day, which was ridiculously high. And then a year later is at 22. So the situation was getting worse and not better. And then in the midst of all of this, I met the movie, movie director, Tom Donahue, for Thank You For Your Service. And in a sort of whirlwind fashion, shot, a, shot an initial interview with him. And next thing you know, they're bringing me around places and sponsoring me to speak and having me go through ancient Lakota Sioux warrior reintegration rituals with medicine men and sweat lodges and all of these sorts of things. And that really helped me understand that you don't need anything else, but you need support and you need mentorship and you need people that, that really believe in you for you. And those are the things that are important, not so much the titles and, you know, those sorts of things. I love it. And, and you know what I love about this? And, I, you know, you and I could and we do talk for hours on these subjects. But I, I love because you and I talk about, you know, people, whether it's they play the victim role or I don't have the money, I don't have the resources, I don't know anybody. And you listed off all of those, right? I mean, you, you didn't you didn't even know exactly what your next step was going to be. And yet at some point you decided, hey, here's the deal. I am who I am. And I know who I want to help. And I know that it matters to me. And I know that it's in my heart and in my soul for what I'm supposed to do. And just by knowing that and believing that the right things and people showed up, whether or not you had the degree. So attaching yourself to a label of a degree when in the end, it really didn't even matter if you had one, because the people elevated to take you where you needed to go without it had to be amazingly liberating and freeing to know this is my purpose. The rest of this stuff is great and nice, but I'm not going to allow it to limit me if I don't have it. Yeah. And just people for seeing you for you. Right. And I think we hear that a lot, right? We see it posted on Facebook and all of these sorts of things, but to actually feel it in action from other human beings that accept us for all of our suffering and for all of our flaws and for these sorts of things and, and really want to see you succeed without any sort of gain on their end. Right. 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 I think that has a very healing quality to it. 
And when the more we surround ourselves with people like that, I think the more new mentors start to appear, new opportunities start to develop, your life starts to take a path that you never even had considered before, but that's absolutely perfect for you. Right. Not for this idealized self version of somebody you may become or you're striving to be, but actually you for you. Right. No, I, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, I didn't mention in the intro, but it certainly is relevant right now in this conversation. William and I actually met at a Yoga Nidra training. We both were going through training together to get certified in Yoga Nidra or IREST, which is headed up and founded by Richard Miller, a fantastic guy. And I encourage uh, you, it'll be in the show notes as well to look up uh, www.irest, just like it sounds, I-R-E-S-T U.S. But we met at a training and there's a series of them. But this is kind of the same concept is accepting yourself for who you are and how you're showing up right here in this moment without judgment. And that is a very difficult thing to do for all of us at any stage of life is just being able to accept who we are. And, uh, and so I think that was another big connection point for you and I see the immense value in that and, and the struggle when people can't. And, and we've both been in places where that's been hard for us at times, accepting whatever we've done or whatever our past is and getting to the point of not locking it in Pandora's box, not pushing it away, but simply allowing what is to be. And so I, I'm uh, grateful that you and I have met that way and have that connection as well. Such powerful work, the idea of, of, of being and awareness and these concepts that, that IRS promotes. It just in the fact of, once again, it's easy to say, oh, I accept you for who you are. I accept it for as it is. But as sort of maybe even overachievers, right, we want more. We want something different. It's very, it's very much in our blood to want to continue to strive for that. And I think that's a positive thing. But what IRES did in my life was allow me to find balance, to say it's okay to want those things and to, and to show up and to strive and to dedicate and to you know, work and, and, and get the things and, and reach the audience that you're trying to reach. But it's okay regardless. Right. No matter what, everything is fine. Right. Dr. Miller says everything is always perfect. And the only thing that's not perfect is our perception of the situation as it is. And it's, that, that's, a, that's a line that I'll never, ever forget and one that I use very often in my therapy practice for addicts, returning vets, you know, other individuals dealing with myriads of trauma, uh, these sorts of things. And I think those are very, very powerful words. So what is it that you do daily or as part of a regular way of life to keep you grounded, to keep you on this positive trajectory and to keep going the way that you have been? What, what is part of a daily practice that you do to make sure that, uh, you know, that you don't lose sight of what matters? Yeah. My, my daily practice, the thing that I think is the most important for me is my gratitude meditation. And that sounds intense or whatever, but how I do it is I just, I just do it every morning when I shower. When I feel the water hit me, now I'm conditioned to automatically start thinking about what I'm grateful for. 
and all of the blessings that this day has offered me and how this is sacred time and to not take it for granted and to really focus focus on the gratitude and appreciation of everything. So I start my, my day off with that in the shower. And I'm absolutely blessed by being able to work and sit with people all day long. And what I've found is when I can't do that, my healing is directly connected with healing others as well. And so it's a symbiotic relationship um, that I carry with me into my psychotherapy practice. And, you know, by sitting with people and talking about difficult subjects and establishing effective communication and, and, and trust with other humans, it's very, very healing. And so those are, those are things that I have to have in my daily life in order to make sure that I'm on the, I'm on the right path. So even if I'm not at work per se, I'm still talking to other individuals, checking in, finding out, learning, focusing on, on moving forward and, and helping make as big a difference as I can. Right. And I know in that light, and it's because I know you and I've seen you with people that I can absolutely say this, is I know what a game changer you have been for many others and will continue to be a hundredfold. That being said, for you, who would you say at this point has been a significant game changer for you and why? That's a great question. You know, I've been so fortunate on my journey to have mentors show up and really help shepherd me, you know, through the valley of darkness, if you will, and avoid landmines that other, other veterans didn't have. And um, so just to have one, I don't think would be fair, but guys like John Henry Parker, Len Van Nostrand, Dr. Richard Miller, Bill Kipp, guys like that have really helped me understand not only where I'm going, but how I want to show up there. And I think by taking, by having more than one mentor and by going through and taking the skill sets that you feel are the most valuable that, that speak to your internal integrity, I think is, is the best way to really look at people for themselves that show up, that live within integrity, that are doing what they love, that have their own passionate practices, even though their areas of expertise are markably different just the way that their being is very similar. And so to learn from all those guys has been an absolute blessing for me. So that means I'm going to ask you a really tough question because you have had some amazing people in your past and some amazing people who have helped mentor and guide you up until this point. So if you had to rally all of that together and think, okay, I'm going to pull one single best piece of advice that I have received along my journey up until this point. What is that? I think if I had to pick one piece, it would be show up because that's the common thread that connects all of them. When they say they're going to do something, they do it. When they say they're going to call, they call. When you're going to meet them, they're going to be there. They're men of honor. They keep their word. Those are extremely important. You know, we're talking about negative beliefs and getting in our own way and these sorts of things. And we often sabotage ourselves by not showing up. Many, many, many people and with many, many different backgrounds for whatever reason, 
you get nervous and don't want to go, don't want to change up the comfort zone, right? The devil I know is better than the devil I don't. But what I found that if you show up and do the thing, whatever the thing is, your life can change in a heartbeat. And so that's the one blessing that I, I take from all of them. The idea of get out of your cave, go make a difference and follow your passion. I love it. I love it. And certainly is uh, one of the many reasons why I am honored to call you my friend. You certainly have always been there for me and amazingly supportive. So I can speak firsthand to your level of showing up. So I appreciate that yeah, personally. Thank you. Um, last question. I am a big believer that whatever you believe will be, whether that positive or negative, if you believe it strong enough, then the universe will see to it. What is a belief that you hold? What do you believe to be true above all else that has gotten you to where you are now? You know, that's a very... It's a very personal and deep question, you know, what drives a human being? When I, when I was in the military, between my second and third tour, or I'm sorry, my first and second tours in Iraq, um, I got sacrifice tattooed on my body, that idea. Somebody had said, if you could sum up what you do in one word, what would it be? And the only thing that could come to my mind at that time was sacrifice. And I think that's still true. But I don't think that that's a negative in any sort of any way, shape or form. To give a little bit and to practice what I like to refer to as selfless selfishness. Right? Because the more we, the more we give and the, the kinder we are, the better we feel. And we get to make, we get to change the world around us, just our little corner of the world for the better. And so to really give up being afraid, to sacrifice security inside of your cave, to experience the unknown, I think is an important concept because we don't know what we don't know. And we're not going to find it in the same old environment that we've already been. The answer is out there, but we have to get the courage in order to open up the door, make the call, send the email, or do the thing. And so to sacrifice the negative in order to, to bolster the good, I think is an essential concept that's been, that's been with me. And to celebrate progress. You know, I often say in my therapy practice that Hope is not a strategy. Hope is what we have after we've already implemented the strategy. Things can change, but they require action. Hope is what we have after we already have the action. But before we get to that point, we had to sacrifice our comfort zone in order to step outside of that and to begin to be a game changer. Well, I hope for everybody listening, if you only listen to one part of this or there's a part of this that you 
most resonate with. I, I have to assume it's the last minute and a half of this conversation. I don't know the last time I've talked to somebody where words have been more powerful than that. And I think that just the word sacrifice can get lost on people in the context that we are talking about it right now and what we have to sacrifice in order to move forward. You're right, it's vulnerable. And it's a place that most of us don't want to go, but it's the very thing that we need in order to get there. So I appreciate this conversation and your time immensely. I know that there are other people out there who do as well, who may want to reach out to you directly for those folks that do and that want to learn more about whether it's the movie, your new podcast, your practice, any of the things above, or even just to check in with you and, and get some words of advice or guidance. What is the best way for somebody to be able to reach you? Yeah, well, I, I just, I'm finishing up my website at the number seven virtuespodcast.com. And I, I'm actively at my practice at Full Spectrum Recovery and Counseling in Santa Barbara, California and uh, fullspectrumrecovery.com. Check us out. You can check out our bio. I have a link to my email there. And if you're close in the, in the California area and you are interested in, in, in moving forward, I encourage everybody to give me a call. I'd love to love to hear from your, your listeners. Awesome. Thank you very much. I honestly cannot tell you how much I appreciate your time today and how much I value and appreciate your friendship more than you know. So thank you. Well, the honor is mine. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.